Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 1 out of 10 would recommend. On this episode of 1 out of 10, we wanted to touch on a subject we mentioned on our previous episode, specifically immigration. One of the things that I mentioned makes me uncomfortable is talking about immigration, typically because depending on who you talk to, they're going to have a very one-sided view of it. Some people are very anti-illegal immigration or immigration of any kind, and others are very pro, very for it. On this episode, we want to focus on Immigration is not so black and white as people want it to be, and hopefully we will present you with examples and with personal experiences that will prove that point. Stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of 1 Out of 10. On today's episode, as Eddie mentioned in our intro, we're going to talk about immigration. Now, one thing that you guys might have been able to pick up from our previous episodes is that both Eddie and I are immigrants here in the United States. Me, I came over as a refugee from a third world country, and Eddie, you are the first generation I am. Of... I am. I am first generation American. My parents immigrated here from Mexico back in the 90s. And, uh, you know, it makes me a very a first-generation Hispanic-American and uh, Mexican-American. And, you know, we basically go through a lot of different experiences than a lot of other people that have been here for generations and generations. You know, you have been here most of your life, um, having immigrated back when you were younger. So most of your life, you, you've been here. So um, that makes you... But you are very much a an immigrant. I am a parent of immigrants, but again... You know, first generation, there's still a huge mix of cultures yeah. from our parent country to the country we live in now. Yeah. And, basically an immigrant. I mean, when we yeah. really think about it, if, I mean, to me, um, being an immigrant isn't really a bad thing or, I mean, a good thing, really. Uh, but you're right, man. Being first gen is a lot different than what I experienced as well. So I think this episode is going to be pretty cool because we're going to give both of our perspectives on on the topic of immigration and kind of the process that we both went through to become naturalized citizens. Right. Well, you, you can speak on or your to become process. citizens. Right. You, you definitely can speak on your, your, your experience. And I can definitely share some insight into how my parents went about to become permanent residents, um, you know, legal residents of the United States. And, uh, you know, we really wanted to touch this subject because as I mentioned in our previous episode, Typically, when you talk to anybody about immigration, and I'm sure you've encountered this as well, unless you have someone who, or unless you're talking to someone who has experienced or has mingled with a lot of different people, a lot of different people from different walks of life that have, are immigrants themselves or children of immigrants or parents that are immigrants um, or people that have traveled and, and have been exposed to these types of people, typically what I find, man, is I find that people have one very locked-in view of what of, of immigration in general. And it, it, this isn't just whether you should you should only follow the legal process. This is also whether it's right. This is all also whether we are hurting our country for allowing it. And you know, we're not the only country that has these issues, right? Um, the EU is is a huge, you know, recipient of refugees and immigrants, and it's one of the biggest reasons Brexit happened, 
right? Currently, or, or is happening. Is happening, still... right? It's happening. It's under process. It's, it's underway. Um, and also, it's it's basically been one of the hottest topics debated for decades now. You know, yeah. I mean, we're in our mid twenties. Most of our lives, I know, most of my life, in one way, shape, or form, immigration has been on the news. Yeah. Whether it be good or bad, I mean, right. the reform, we, we always talk about, oh, there needs to be an answer for it, there needs to be reform and whatnot, but there has to be a creative solution. I think I kind of touched base on it in the last episode. We need to have some type of creative solution that doesn't alienate people, but at the same time, it also makes you know everybody as happy as possible, right? Because like you mentioned, it can become a very black or white conversation. Either you have people that are for it that are all about, hey, inclusion and letting everybody be part of our system. And then there's people that are more against it, saying, hey, you didn't come here legally or you're not born here, so why should you get the same benefits as someone that was? Mm-hmm. As if being able to choose where you're born is a right. <laughs> like That, to me, is the funniest part. Look, you can't choose where you're born. You can't choose who your parents are. So, okay, maybe I'll take... I tend to take the more empathetic route than, than others, but I still... Like would like to understand other people's opinions about the matter that, hey, if you're not born here, why should you be able to get any types of benefits from this country? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's, 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 I think it's one of those things where it, it, it makes a lot of people, I think, uncomfortable to talk about because I think just in general, as a general rule of thumb, we try to or we always surround ourselves with people that tend to be like-minded, but... You know that that might hurt us sometimes, and so what ends it ends up happening is when you ask your friends what is their stance on immigration, you're probably going to get the response that you would give or something similar. Yeah, my mom right? always told me that growing up. You are who your friends are. Show me your friends, and I'll show you yeah. who you are. Yeah, and and it, it's just very obvious. But there's always like, unfortunately, it's one of those things where when you come across somebody that it doesn't share your views, it becomes an argument and. You're trying to convince somebody of why you're right. Correct. And what ends up happening is no one. You listens. build a podcast. That too. You make a podcast. And, and you, you know get a what? Host. <laughs> and you know what? You could probably do a podcast where you can bring in millions and millions of people to talk about. You can literally bring someone on, and they will have a different experience. Of every single one of them. Yeah. And and they will have different opinions if they are going to share their thoughts honestly. And whether they think it's right or wrong, or how do we solve it, right? Because that's one thing that you've talked about before. How do we solve it? Yeah. You know, there has to be some sort of creative solution. And unfortunately, we're in a, in a system where it's going to be one way or the other. And no mm. one wants to agree on something. Yeah. And you're right, man. And, and one of the things that really drove our podcast as well was wanting to broaden our horizons and venture into those types of conversations so that we... Eddie and I, we have the same group of friends. So like he mentioned, you are very similar to what your friends are. But at the same time, we want to grow both mentally you know, and spiritually and so that we can both learn from our experiences. And that's kind of one of the reasons why we started this podcast. Yeah, yeah, because I think even on the podcast, we've disagreed on a couple of topics, but we're okay with that. Yeah. Right? Having discourse is how you grow. Exactly. And... One of the things I want this to sort of inspire people is to have that conversation. Ask about it, right? Because the more you talk to people about it, the the, the, the more 
if you're willing to list, actually listen Correct. and see things from different perspectives. Right? Correct. Correct. So get, sure. let's jump into it. All right. And the very first thing that I want to share is sort of one of those moments that I actually got of someone asking me and genuinely saying, hey, what does this entail? And it's about immigrant workers, right? This guy that used to work for me, I was a supervisor, asked me, hey, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah, go ahead, man. He said, what? How do illegals get paid? I was glad that he decided to ask me that question. Right? Why? Because he is a 40 to 50 something white man who has lived in the South his whole life. And born in the States. Born in the States. Yeah. American. Hey, yeah, okay, True so American. when we talk about, and we're going to talk today about different ways to achieve citizenship uh, into the United States, that's probably the easiest. That is you're born. You're born, you're born here. You're born here. That's how most of this country's population is a citizen. Yeah. You're simply born here, right? Your parents at some point immigrated to this country and throughout generations, you know, they stay here, they establish their families here. And that's how, you know, that is, if, if we want to get technical, you're right. That's the easiest <laughs> that's way. That's the easiest, right? That's the easiest way. All right. So go back to your story then. So, so he asked you, how do illegal immigrants make money in the States? Yes. And I was glad he asked me the question because he's very much one of those very conservative people, right? Gotcha. Very conservative, leans far right. Yeah. And to him... It's definitely one of those. Oh, if you if you were to ask him, it, it would be like illegal, illegal immigration is wrong, and technically mm-hmm. yes, because it's called illegal for a reason. There yep. are laws in this country that say this is how you should go about and do it, right? There are, and and so that basically lays out if you do it any other way, that's illegal, right? Yep. And obviously, there's going to be consequences for that. But I was I was I was glad to get the question because that meant that I had established a rapport with him. Where he could trust me on something so sensitive, okay, right, and so that was that that was one of the 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 even though I felt uncomfortable. The so fact, how did you go about it then? So how did well I, I did explained you explain to him. To him? I said, "What you know? Can you elaborate on your question?" He was like, "Well, you know, I I just he was like I just question like when they file for taxes, how does that work if they can't you know if they're not legal? <laughs> well, you don't always have to file for taxes, exactly. And we so can, said, and you don't have to be illegal not to file for taxes either, right? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of uh, native." born Americans who don't file their taxes. Right. And as a result, 15 years later, they're, they have a huge interest rate on the debt they've, they've accumulated by yeah. not paying back their taxes. Right. So, so that that part, you know, I'm sure this guy is overall, he's, you know, he has his very far right views, yeah. but he's an law abiding citizen. But that's okay, right? right? Having those views are important. Um, I think you, depending on if you're on the left or the right or in the middle, it doesn't really matter. I think these are still good opportunities to learn from these people. Yeah. As well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And so I explained to him, I said, well, look, First off, you don't actually have to file for taxes. Whether yeah. I mean, I'm sure you do. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, yeah, you don't have to. There's no a one's lot of, making you. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are you getting should. paid under the table as yeah. well. Right? So I said, one way is you get paid in cash. Yeah, you right? get paid in cash. Under the, the other table. way is you basically work. You're paying the taxes. They're coming out of your check. Yeah. But in the end, if you're afraid that this process is going to flag you, you as an illegal file. as an illegal immigrant, you're not going to file. Yep. And he said, "Well, that sucks." I said, "He said, well, that sucks." I was like, "Then, then, how do we know if they paid the correct amount?" Well, I was like, "Well, let me ask you something. You're you're very much a blue collar worker. You have been all your life, right? You work hard to have to to be where you are, to have what you have. 
That's what most of these illegal immigrants are going to try to do as well. Difference is, what typically happens during tax season? Refunds. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so I said, what do you think happens to that money? Yeah. Because those, because those <laughs> illegal immigrants Don't aren't, file. aren't filing. But they're, they're claiming the same. I mean, the government's taking the same amount of money out their right. paycheck as they are out of yours. Right. So. And so, and I, and, I, and I sort of, you know, I was like, in my mind, I took that conversation to this next point, which was now, if they're filing for government aid or if they are, you know, getting benefits from other other ways, that that may be true. So I'm not sure. I couldn't I couldn't sit here and tell you one outweighs the other. Yeah. But overall, at least that money, they're not getting it back. Yeah. Right. If they if they have a return, they're not getting it back. Right. True. And so, I think it opened his eyes a little bit because again, I, I was glad he asked me the question. And it was an educative opportunity for me, right? Perfect. I mean, I agree with you there a hundred percent. Mainly because illegal immigration gets such a bad rep, man, just because right. of the connotation of the word illegal, right? Exactly. But what is the difference? So, what is the difference between your parents deciding to have you in the states and you being an American by birthright versus you being born in another country, being seven months old, eight months old, and your parents bringing you into this country illegally? You don't have a choice in either case, right? So don't. I think that's something that people need to understand as well, that it's not such a a bad connotation to be an illegal immigrant. Look, sometimes you don't get a choice in the matter. Right. And even when you do, typically you're making that choice because you want a better life. And then people will tell you, oh, well, you should make the right decision and tell your parents to become legal. How, what are you going to do at one year old, two years old, three, five years old? What are you going to tell your parents? Hey, hey, mom, pops, you guys are illegal. You guys should become legal. Come you don't on. Have a, what five-year-old thinks yeah, like that? You don't man. have a concept of that. Not even their five-year-olds think of that, man. Five-year-olds are just worried about playtime, going hanging out with their friends. And I don't know, I watching guess probably TV. nowadays is watching TV, watching TV. With Baby Shark, all that stuff. So, <laughs> you know, it's different, man. So you're right. So how did the conversation end with you guys? Well, it, it didn't go much past that because, you know, I, I had to go do something. I was a supervisor at the time. Yeah. So I was literally in and out of the office area all the time. But I answered his question and he left with a look of thank you for the information because he did not know that yeah. right to him that that was just such a foreign concept and ever since then i sort of thought about okay immigration is a very difficult subject to talk about because unless you're in a in a setting where people are willing to listen yeah it's it's you're just wasting your time right yeah and and having this podcast gives us an opportunity for those that want to listen to sort of share that right exactly and so I actually want to kind of go through your case, right? Sure. Again, we're talking about how we want to show people how immigration isn't so black and white and sharing a little bit of our experiences on how our parents or our, we ourselves became legal citizens here and then interacting with different people at different stages of you know, their path to immigration. Because I know gotcha. of several people that, just like in your situation, a friend of mine, she was brought here when she was young. Her parents became residents, and at some point, they became citizens. And not so long ago, she became a citizen too, right? Yep. And I have like two or three other friends that had taken a similar path. Yep. But then there are other people that I know of that are illegal immigrants, that are still illegal immigrants, and their 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 paths are really, really different. And so maybe exposing those stories will help people to understand that, again, it is not black and white. Yeah. And, you know, this is one of the perfect times where you can share how some of some of your experiences and we can give people the facts on okay this is true this isn't 
as far as the process itself, yeah. right? So why don't, why don't you tell us, just let, start start off with, with your experience. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure, sure, sure. So uh, to kind of proceed what I'm going to say here in this conversation, I want to I wanna make it clear. The United States is, is awesome. Yes. Like I, yes, I come yes, from yes. a third world country, and when we talked about in the previous episodes – like you can have anything, almost anything that you want whenever you want here in the States. That is something that you can't have everywhere. And I think the opportunities, this is the land of opportunities. Only if you're willing to take those opportunities. So if you're okay with digging ditches and spreading out cow manure across fields and building bridges, building roads and stuff like that, you can make a damn good living for yourself here in the States. Uh, but at the same time, there's a lot of people that aren't willing to do that. So it's, it's a flip of a coin when you look at it like that. Um, but yeah, so I, I come from a third world country. Uh, the country that I come from, there was a civil war that happened in the area uh, in the early 90s. And as a result, uh, one big country got broke up into three smaller countries. Uh, and it let's just say like when we talk about, okay, we have Republicans and Democrats here. <laughs> over there, it's 10 times worse. You have people that killed each other and now you have to have that type of president rule over the entire country for a set set amount of times and then you go to elections and we talk about election fraud here <laughs> over there election fraud is a regular thing uh, where <laughs> but whoever that's, most of, that's a lot of third world countries yeah right? whoever has the money runs the country right that's right. just the way it goes so my parents came to the states uh early 2000 through a refugee program now, the refugee program um, is a little bit different than the other forms of naturalization that you can take when becoming a, natu- a right. U.S. citizen. And throughout this, this episode, we'll actually be sharing a lot of that information, too. Now, yeah. before you know, we sort of tell you guys a lot of this stuff, one, we're no immigration experts. Yeah, we're no, we're right. no, we didn't write the book on immigration. All right, so <laughs> definitely uh, you, know, you can get this information online. It's available for everyone to see. Yeah. Um, and we just want to make sure don't don't take this as legal advice because yeah. that is not what it is. Yeah, disclaimer. Uh, disclaimer. <laughs> this is not legal advice. Uh, but keep going. Yeah. So keep there's going. there's a couple forms that you can, uh, well, a couple paths that you can take to becoming a U.S. citizen. The easiest is you get lucky and your parents decide to live in this country and they decide, they decide to have you in this country. That's the easiest. Uh, the other paths typically take the route of becoming a uh, U.S. green card holder or a permanent resident and then becoming a naturalized citizen, a.k.a. you get the American passport. Uh, my parents end up taking the refugee route, which is you, t- you get the green card and then you become a citizen. Now, when we were coming to the States, uh, because the country that I'm from had a lot of religious turmoil and civil war going on, our path was a little bit shorter than most other people who come over uh, via, you know, like the regular process. We got some some type of priority, basically, because our country wasn't livable. Um, and the process was, was, was kind of, I mean, the best that I can remember it is, there was a lot of interviews, man. And I remember going to the embassy, the U.S. embassy, and them having an interview with seven-year-old me asking me, well, why do you want to go to the States? <laughs> like, what? And up until recently, I never understood why they interviewed kids. The reason they interview kids is because kids don't lie in situations like that. They don't. You no, know? no, no, they don't. And it's a really crappy tactic, but it's an effective tactic. So they asked me, so why are you going to the States? And I specifically remember, oh, it's because my parents are going. And my parents didn't do any coaching. We were new to this process. Yeah, we yeah, didn't yeah, know, yeah. like, okay, don't say this. Don't say that. Make sure you say this. 
So when we when I went in for the interview, they started with, hey, you know, they do the little get to know you kind of thing, and then they ask you, why do you want to go to the states? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, like my parents want to go, so I guess I'm going too. Right. And I remember explaining that, and and that was the biggest question that stuck with me throughout the interview. I know they probably asked some types of questions about how long do you intend on staying in the states? Do you intend on getting uh, an American citizenship and so forth? But once again, those are interview questions that they asked the adults that they kind of tailored down to the kids. So you go through the interview process and the screening, the initial screening, and they decide yes or no. You're not, we're not going to sponsor you or yes, you're going to be able to get uh, into the United States via the refugee programs. My, my family was lucky enough that we did get picked for the refugee program, but that put us on the hot track to becoming a U.S. citizen. And specifically when we came to the States, it set us up in a uh, a basically a seven year long process where you start you live in the states you get the green card you continue living in the states and then after I think it was five years you're able to apply for citizenship but that's five years on top of the green card so that is kind of like my process luckily when I was at the time that my parents got citizenship I was under the age of 18 so it was basically once my parents got their papers I got papers through them so I didn't have to take the uh <laughs> I know, I know you probably heard about the tests and so forth, the naturalization tests, which, by the way, are pretty crazy. Like, they're in-depth questions about U.S. history that oh, yeah. I will Absolutely. tell you, I will bet the farm on that probably about 60% of U.S. citizens, born people here, would, would fail. fail that test. Absolutely. They'd fail the test, man. You go anywhere out there and you start asking them these questions— I guarantee you they won't know these answers, man. It was you had to do your homework. You oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's huge study guides when, when like, because you know my dad is to, is a permanent resident and he wants to get his citizenship soon, partly because you got to pay a lot of money to renew your permanent residency. Yep. And so he's like, I'm tired. Of, I think he's renewed it twice now. Yeah. And he's like, I'm tired of doing this. I'm just gonna I'm gonna study and I'm gonna get my citizenship. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so you take the exam, right? You take the exam, and then after that, you get an interview. Mm -hmm. Because taking the exam doesn't automatically mean that um, you're a U.S. citizen. There's like an interview process, and they want to see kind of like what's your goals of being in the United States. So once you take the test, you take the interview, you pass everything there, you're in. Then you have to apply to get your citizenship certification, and then you're a U.S. citizen. But going back to kind of my personal experiences of the green card. So green card holders in the United States, that's all you really need to be known as a permanent resident. The only difference between having a green card versus a U.S. citizenship is you don't have to renounce your country of birth's citizenship. So I wouldn't have to renounce my previous country's um, citizenship. And you don't have the right to vote. Right. right. At least that's the biggest. Those, Those are, are two the big two big ones, ones that, that I think you know everyone should know. You still um, pay taxes. I mean, you still have to, you basically have the right to work in the United States. You have the right to live in the U.S. permanently. Own upon, property. Yeah, exactly. Uh, upon you know renewing your 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 green card, you have the right to apply for, for financial aid. Uh, you have the right to start a business, but yeah, once again, you don't have the right to vote. And I think there's some implications, some legal implications of if the United States decides to impose the draft again, you can't get drafted. Right. But let's let's be honest, that kind of I don't know how much I believe in that part, but that's that's you know some of the pros I guess of being a green card holder. You don't have to become a U.S. citizen, but at that point, having a green card, you're legally allowed to live in the states, work, pay taxes like everybody else. Yeah. Um, but you don't get the American passport. And to travel, you know, I think just so people understand, 
that American passport is huge. It's gold. It's gold. Because I think there are only like two or three other passports besides the U.S. that allow you to get into just as many countries or more without going through any special process. Oh, man. Right? You have no idea. Like, I mean, my country's passport, man, whenever you go across borders, you know what they do? They they have a term for it. And in my language, it's called peglanya. And and what a pegla is, it's an iron. So whenever you go across the borders, they decide to iron you out real quick. You know, <laughs> iron the wrinkles out. So they just give you a tough time. Man. They do. They do. They most of these people that are working on uh, the borders know the history of these countries. Um, you know, they'll see, for example, and nothing against these people, but they'll see like a Turkish passport, and they'll know everything that's been going on in Turkey recently. And you know, so they're a little bit more weary about letting those types of people into the states. Mm-hmm. I mean, specifically, like I, I worked for a consulting company, and uh, we had a lot of our customers were down south. And whenever we would go across the borders, no problem, right? Getting into the country, no problem. Hey, keep going, keep going, keep going. But at night, when we had to go back, we always had issues. Uh, we'd come across the border, and of course, you know, me being the natural citizen, they're like, oh, come on, man, you can drive. So I said, all right, sure, I'll drive the car. Uh, I get to the border, and I hand all the passports. I make sure to put the American passport on top. Uh, the guy looks at the American one, doesn't bat an eye, goes to the next one, goes to the third one, it's the Turkish one, and uh, he decides, all right, um, you know, I need you guys to pull over here on the side, random inspection. All right, first time, we're like, whatever, it's a random inspection. For those people that haven't experienced getting searched at the border, it's not, it's different, man. It's different. Like, it's nerve-wracking, man. It's like they already accuse you of, of doing something wrong. Yeah. You get there, and you pull into a spot, and there's a guy with a, with an AR sitting there looking at you, and he's like, all right, all electrical devices out your pockets on the dash of the car. I need to be able to see everything. And it's it's how they present it, and, how they, and they have this mean mug usually. Right? Oh, of course. They're, mean they're mug bullies. bullies. Not bad people, but I guess, I mean, that's just their job. That's I their training. It. Yeah. And so regardless, it's going to be intimidating. Yeah, of right? course, dude. So we pull out all of our electrical devices, computers, everything like that, and then they take you into a room. Right? And then in the room, you're sitting there waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. 45 minutes later, hour later, they come in and say, hey, you guys are good to go. You come back and you look at the car, your, uh, you know, your phone and stuff is there. And I think they do the phone stuff so that you can't call and you know, tell or text somebody and tell them, hey, I got pulled over, heads up. Yeah. Uh, if you are doing something bad. Um, but you come back and you can obviously tell your stuff has been gone through. Uh, all your personal things, your book bags, your luggage and everything like that. They have to go through it to make sure that there's nothing in there. The only time it became a problem was three consecutive times coming across the same border, we got randomly checked. And on the third one, it was a younger guy that was working on the border. And we're, we're going across the border, and I hand him my pa- our passports, and he looks at me, and he gives me this look like, ah, damn. And he you know swipes all the passports. He comes back, and he says, hey, guys, um, can you guys pull over? It's, 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 we need to check the vehicle. And I said, oh, another random check. Let me guess. And he goes, man... It's not random. He's like, but you guys have been here twice already, and I've seen you guys both days checking through this stuff. So I'm going to try to get you guys expedited through this so you can get out of here quicker. I know you guys are with a group of gentlemen in front of you, so I'm going to make sure you guys get through here uh, quicker. So an really admission. Nice that was, that's one heck of an admission, isn't it? <clears throat> he's, he's, it was a nice guy, man. He was a nice guy, and he actually did put in a good word for us because what ends up happening is we're waiting in the room, and the person with us that had the Turkish passport got pulled over to the side. They called they called the person into the room, and we can hear them. The walls are like paper thin. Oh, damn. And uh, the immigration lady is going through the papers and is like, what's this? And she, I guess she pointed at a visa, a work visa. And she was like, this work visa doesn't 
give you the right to work in the United States. It was a European, one of the European countries' work visas. Yeah. And the person that was with us was like, are you serious? Flip the page. She flips the page. There's an American work visa. Right. And up until that point, the lady was completely disrespectful. Like, completely disrespectful, talking down to my coworker to the point where on the way out, I almost... I almost wanted to tell her something like, who's your who's your manager? I need to talk to your boss because this is completely disrespectful the way you're talking to this person. Yeah, I mean, that is that is straight bullshit. I mean, it's amazing what one little stamp... It's amazing how do. uneducated people can get into such powerful positions. Look, if you're flipping through a passport, just because it's in the middle doesn't mean that the visa is in the middle, man. No, 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 Flip no, no, the no. pages until you find the U.S. one. And when you find the U.S. one, you're good. Because think about it. Whenever you go any any sort of travel... These dudes at at TSA at, at customs will flip to any random ass page on that passport right. to give you this thing. Right. right, right. It's never. It's like they don't. They don't care about not, finding the they, order. They yeah, they don't. They don't care. They're trying to get all these people through the line. Yeah. Just flip through and stamp it. So this lady should freaking know. Hey, I've got to be thorough. Do your job. You got. You got people's lives that are on seriously. The, on you, the line you really here, do. Right? You really do. Because it's mental, man. You, you like even if there's a misunderstanding, homie can go get. Detained for yeah. I don't know for for hours, for man. Hours. That last time we were there for an hour and a half. But luckily, that guy that pulled us over, I heard him come in there and say, "Hey, can you please make sure they get straightened out?" Yeah. And then uh, every consecutive day afterwards that we went across the border, no problems at all because it was so the no same more people. random checks. It was the same people that were working there, yeah, man. No and they looked checks. at the right passport, man, okay. or the, they looked the right at the page. right page in right the passport and the passport there. So that was kind of one of the experiences that I had there with being, you know, having the privilege of having that American yeah, passport. Yeah, no, that thing is gold, man. It that is. thing is gold, believe it or not. It People is. always crack jokes on me because everywhere I go, if I'm traveling, my passport stays with me. And they're like, man, just leave your passport in the no. bag. Why are you leaving no, 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 no. Look, man, just because you were born in this country and it's a lot easier for you to get a passport again if you lose it, doesn't mean that it's the same for me. <laughs> this thing yeah, is I mean, coming with me everywhere I go. And to be quite honest, wherever you go... Like, so I've traveled to Mexico a lot, right? And even there, mm-hmm. my uncle will be like, you really, like, when, we, when we're in town, it's fine. But when we go out of town, because we will go out of town to, you know, explore or whatever. Um, he's like, grab your passport. Don't leave without it. Yeah. He says, because, yeah, you look Hispanic. You look Mexican. But if someone hears you, and not so much me, because I think I've mentioned this before. My Spanish is pretty good. But he's like, they hear any sort of accent. And if someone really wants to be a fucking bully... If they want to peg like you, yeah, real quick, yeah, then then having that on you will will sort of serve as a oh shit, if I fuck with him, I'm gonna be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, because then you guess got the what? United States, the, the, the whole <laughs> big brother, like, yeah, big brother's gonna come for you. Yeah, and so, uh, so that's good, man. So you know, it's it's definitely it's good to hear. Well, it's interesting to hear that kind of stuff because it it sucks. You know, they're basically admitting that they're doing all these searches they're on purpose. They're profiling people simply because they carry a particular passport. Yeah, but it's it's their job, man. I get it. I get it. I have no ill intentions I against get these it. people. Because think about it like this. Let's go back to 9-11. And the guy that was working at TSA that let these guys through. Yeah. So there was – I can't remember his name, but they had an interview with him. And the whole – like the dude's <coughs> whole life has been changed because of this event. He explained that he had this gut feeling about these guys mm. coming through. And this mm. was before there was really that much, that much, that many eyes on illegal immigrants coming through, you know, like air, airways and stuff like that. Mm. Um, he had this gut feeling that there's something going on here, there's something wrong, but he still let them through. 
you know and i think because of cases like that and other people that work similar jobs that have heard of cases like that you know what man i get it err on the side of caution I, i'm okay with that err on the side of caution but don't tell me it's a random damn search. But tell me the truth. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm not stupid. <laughs> I'm not stupid. Don't I insult can, me like that. Yeah, I can I get connect it. the dots, I man. get it, dude. Yes. Maybe we're not, legally you have to say... not it. random searches. Yes, yeah. you can say that, but don't don't, don't bullshit me. Like, yeah, I, exactly. I hate that. That's what really... That, that bothers me. That really does. I'm like, I get it. You have to do your job. I can't blame you for following the rules of your, your employment. You're doing what you're but supposed to be. Be respectful, man. Be respectful and don't lie to me. Yeah, exactly. Right. All right. So let's it. let's just uh, what did, what did you want to jump into next here? Oh well, you mentioned a lot of a lot of good like facts about um how 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 the process you went through, right? Yeah. So let's actually lay some of those out, man. Just just for people's information, right? Sure. So whenever you you're coming to the states, uh, and again, there's a lot of ways you you can there's a, several paths you can take to becoming a uh, resident. And then becoming a citizen. Typically, right. that's the, that's the path you're going to take, right? True. You're going to become a permanent resident, and then you go on and become a citizen. So, a lot of this information, just to to, to share with people, where you can go and get a lot more details about it, uh, you get at USCIS.gov. USCIS.gov, which stands for United States Citizen Citizenship and Immigration Services. All right. And it's important to note the .gov because I don't know if a lot of people are terribly aware of this. But whenever you go to a .gov site, it is information specifically from the government itself, right? Procedures, monetary figures that may be tied to a lot of these procedures, and, and how to go about it. it you, you can trust that that is that is what they want you to do. Yeah. When you, a lot of other websites might have similar information, fake news. But yeah, they could be, or they can be adding to it because they're going to charge you fees. Yeah. You know, if you if you get this information from a dot com, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. So definitely, if you want to read more about about all these processes, USCIS.gov. But yeah. I mentioned there were several ways, several paths to citizenship. To citizenship, and it starts with getting becoming a resident. So correct, and um, that's typically known as getting your green card. Yeah, getting the your green card. Permanent residency equals green card yeah. holder. Yes, and so you can do it through family through employment. Uh, as a special immigrant, refugee and asylee, asi- yeah, asylee, human trafficking or crime victims, victims of abuse, and that those are two separate separate yeah, categories. Separate. I wonder why they're which separate. is yeah, um, green card through other categories, and then yeah. green card to re- through registry. So specifically as an asylee, what ends up happening is you have to be an asylee or a refugee for a minimum of one year. You have to hold that status. Yeah. And as you're getting your green card, you have to remain in that status. Otherwise, you can be removed and yeah. you can not be denied the green card and probably sent back to your to the whatever country you came from. And when you file some of these forms, so for the refugees specifically, it's the I-485 form. Uh, you have to be physically present in the U.S. while you're filing these forms. So you can get them online. Most of these things do cost money. I think at the end of the episode, we'll kind of touch base on how much it costs. Because, once again, people don't really understand the ins and outs of immigration. They just know, oh, illegal immigration is bad. But they don't realize how many thousands of dollars it costs to become a U.S. citizen versus just having to hit the lottery and your parents being, you know, deciding to have you here. So, uh, yeah, it's the I-485 form, as, as Eddie had explained. And you have, to maintain, you have to maintain that refugee or asylee status in the U.S. for one year. Then you can apply for, for this form. What's good, what's something that's really important to have 
on your side is a lawyer. Yes, yes. While you're going through these things, the the lawyers they know all the ins and outs of these implications of the forms and so forth. There's a lot of websites out there that are just scamming for money. Look, there's you know they'll make it, they'll charge you two hundred bucks for this, three hundred bucks for that, and at the end of the day, you know they're like, oh, it's so easy, you can do it yourself. No, stick with a lawyer. A lawyer is going to make sure that the process goes smooth and that you don't skip any steps. If you skip steps, guess what? You have to start over. And now you get flagged as somebody that did the process improperly. And it's not going to look as good on you or your family. Right. So that that's you know one of the large parts that it entails. Um, me personally, my parents, and we'll actually talk about a little more on sort of illegal immigration. I think right now we've just sort of touched on the legal process. Yeah. The legal um, process is a little – so we scoped the beginning of the episode down to, to explaining the legal process because illegal is a complete different story. Um, there's a lot more empathy that's associated with illegal than it is for legal. Assuming that – so this whole conversation that we're having, as, as Eddie had mentioned, is we're trying to explain the legal process so that people that don't know the legal process have a better idea of what are the steps that these people have to go through to become a U.S. citizen. Right. And again, it's not easy. It is not easy. First of all, you need to know the language. That's one thing that I think is very unadvertised. Uh, understand English. Be able to read and write English. If you can do that, nobody can pull the wool over your eyes. Nobody can tell you, hey, you have to do this. You have to pay this much money. Because guess what? You can read for yourself and decide for yourself. I think that's something that people think, you know, okay, well, if you're going to become an American citizen, you don't really need to know the language. No, you do. You can't take these exams. You can't go through these interviews. If you go into an interview and you can't speak English, you're going to get flagged. And that's like the first thing that they check for. So make sure a prerequisite to all of this is be fluent in English. Yeah. And it helps whether or not you're doing this through the, the complete legal means or if there is, you know, you immigrated illegally and now you have to figure out a way to stay yep. if possible. Or, uh, or if you want to come back, you know, they're, mm. you know. Some people get deported or whatever, but we'll yeah. touch more yeah. on that in a little in a little bit. So, Eddie, you had mentioned that your parents came to the states and they got their green cards through employment. I did. It's a little bit different than the refugee. It is status. It is. It is. It Can is. You touch base different. on that a little bit. So, um, like I said, you know, when they arrived in the states, first off, let me let me let me clarify that. Definitely. So, my parents came here illegally, right? E- but you said illegally. Illegally. Right? Oh wow. However, do you know, I mean, and I don't know if you know this, but do you know how your parents did it? Was it through like a, what do they call them, a coyote? Yep, that's exactly it. And they, across which, the border? Yeah, which they crossed the border. Did they ever tell you the stories about that? They did, they did. And, I bet you and that was so fucking crazy. It, it is a crazy thing to, to hear, man. Um, Makes you kind of realize like how lucky you are to be here, right? It does, and because of that, so one thing I want to make sure, we're actually going to, I'm going we're, we're, to talk about the legal side of, of their, their path. Um, but I think we're going to end up making a part two. Yeah. All right. So we're going to make a part two and I'll actually tell that story on the next episode. All right. Cool. All right? Cool. Cool. And, and, and stay we'll tuned folks. Yeah, definitely. But before, before we finish out, uh, just to let people know on the legal side of how you become uh, a citizen through employment or a resident, a yeah. resident through permanent employment, resident, permanent resident is there are actually three tiers, right? There's a first preference, second preference, third preference and first preference um, immigrants are essentially professionals, highly trained, highly skilled. Typically, 
um, they have a degree, maybe even a graduate degree, and have been in their field for years, right? So they're very desirable people that the U.S. wants because they're going to be contributors to society, right? Gotcha. High, uh, highly desirable assets. The second tier or second preference um, is, is is similar to first in that they they probably are have certain levels, certain skill levels, certain skill sets. That, that in the U.S. it will benefit them, you know, and they'll be good contributors to society and to this country. Now, you can probably think of these people as probably did complete a degree, but are earlier on in their career, so they don't have as much experience or as many skills. Or maybe they didn't complete a degree. Maybe they have, you know, a high school diploma, a GED, but have acquired certain skills through uh, through several years being in industry or in, in in, in something, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, um, like blue collar. Blue collar. Not, so yeah. those are your second preference. And your third preference, which is what my parents were, are essentially, they, they, they may have skills, they may not, but at least they have to show promise. Yeah. Right? So my parents, their employer sponsored, right? And their employer sponsored them. That's how they, they were able to achieve legal status. And the last point I want to make, how I want to wrap up is for this episode today is it's amazing to me the one the one thing i will not agree on when 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 i do talk about immigration with people is they're taking our jobs oh come on man we talked about this <laughs> this is this is one thing i don't agree on because so to use my parents employer as an example basically he had no other choice but to hire illegal immigrants and why is that because they don't, nobody else wanted to do the job exactly right? so my parents at the time worked in a Sweater, uh, sweater sewing mill, right? So the textile thing runs in the family. For yeah, me, right? I'm I a textile see, engineer. I'm starting to connect the dots. I'm, I'm a textile engineer, and I, I, I never imagined when I was younger that I would end up in this career. But but you know, there's a little there's a little connection back to to my parents' past. Um, but anyway, they they were working in this mill, and like ninety percent of his workforce was a immigrant. Mm-hmm. Legal or illegal, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he basically realized that, holy crap, if I'm going to keep my business alive, I can't have these people afraid of coming, <coughs> of coming to work every day. Yeah. Right? Because nobody else wants to do it. And when people say, oh, well, they were probably getting paid less, I was like, no. My parents at the time were getting paid minimum wage, and my mom actually had an incentive job. So she got a base pay, and if she performed more, yeah. she got more, right? Yep. For those that may not, which is fair, yeah. yeah. Which that may not know those terms in manufacturing, that's called incentive pay. You get a base pay, and then you get more if you produce more than that base rate, right? So it wasn't that it wasn't fair because it was minimum wage. They weren't getting paid less. Everybody was on that wage, yeah. Right, but it was hard work. Of course, man. you know you're sitting. She sat in the front of a sewing machine for eight to ten hours a day. Trying to sew as many freaking sweaters as she possibly could. Yeah. And my pop side thing was the one that was cutting the fabric up. Yeah. Right? So he would cut the fabric, uh, set the patterns down, and, and make this happen. And you know what amazes me? So my mom still works as a seamstress building parachutes. Okay? That's cool. You want to know how many of, of those workers are immigrants? I'm going to shoot majority. Yep. <laughs> the majority. And guess yeah. what? Her employer... Pays them a solid ten dollars an hour. Yeah, that is more than more than minimum wage. Yeah, right. He gives them quite a bit of vacation, maybe not as much as some employers, and he gives them Christmas week off. 
I think, man, I, I want to say, I want to add on to that as well, man, because you keep talking about, you know, minimum wage and how much money we're making here. Just to put it in perspective, I have family members that are lawyers in the country that I'm from, <coughs> and they're making 300 USD a month as lawyers. People that work in fast food are making more than that. They're making more than lawyers in another country. And it's not that they're... You can't say that their education is better here than it is over there. Because, let's face it, if we take a look at the United States on a, on a ranking of education it scale, we're not, we're not top 10. It, I don't think even we're top 15. It absolutely sucks. And that, I know, I think I would love to talk about that with... Uh, an educator at some point. So to kind of give you an, a perspective there, yeah. I mean, 300 USD, you can't even buy food on yes. that, man. You can't pay for gas. People move to this country and are willing to take just blue-collar jobs because it's going to be more than what they would make at home. So that is one argument I, I almost never accept from people that say they're taking their jobs. Because if we were if immigrants were taking other people's jobs, then why is it that these employers can only fill their jobs with immigrants when they're giving you at least minimum wage? It's so much easier to hire a U.S. citizen than it is. it is to hire an illegal immigrant because the company or the person, business owner, takes on a the lot risk. of risk yeah, take of that risk. as well. This yeah. isn't just hire somebody and let it let them do. No, no. If, if if ICE comes to their business, their establishment. They can shut them down because of they this. They can. So They'll this for sure get a penalty. Oh yeah, no! They'll man, for it, sure get a fine. And it's, then, it's the not risk good. of the <laughs> risk of getting shut down is very high. Yeah. So again, when you knowingly employ illegal immigrants, you're taking on a big risk, right? But again, that is one argument that I do not accept. That I think is complete BS. And if you want to talk about immigration and whether it's right or wrong or what your stance is on it, that is one thing that I will absolutely shut down. Yeah, man, this is, I mean, it's 2019. I keep saying it's 2019. Accept the facts. Yeah. Accept the facts. Yeah. Just, I have, like I said, I have family members that have this great education, but they come here and they're cleaning churches and they're working as cafeteria ladies because they don't have an American education. But at the same time, my mom will shut you down when it comes to math. You try to pull some math funny stuff on her, she, she can do the math quicker than you can do it on your calculator. So that, to me, is it's not because they're taking our jobs. No, they're taking jobs that you don't want to do. And and just, just to prove the point, you, your parents are from a third world country, came here the legal way. Yep, the right? legal way. They're not taking anybody's jobs. Nope. Right? And I mean, they are. I mean, we're all taking somebody's job, if you if you want to think about it. Uh, yeah. But, but that usually means it's because I can do it. Yeah. Right? And I'm willing to do and, it. And your parents are business owners. Yes. Successful yes. business owners. Yes, yes, right? yes they are. Right, right. So, I mean, just just to put that out there, you know. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and I'll talk more about what my parents have accomplished as illegal immigrants on our next episode. But guys, I hope this conversation has at least given people some willingness to listen. Yeah. Have proper discourse. Um, like discord. I said. Discord. Discourse, <laughs> my man. Is it not discord? What or is that the app? This course is like discussion. discussion. Ah, this man, we got to get him a, a thesaurus and, and a. I'm sorry, guys. I don't read. I hate reading. Look, if you know me, you know I hate reading. I can't do reading. I, I listen <laughs> to YouTube videos and like. That's well established. Fine audiobooks, but I can't. Very read. well established. But no, <laughs> I really do hope that that at least this part is it, it will will create proper discourse, people. Because like I said, don't don't think that this is us. Telling everyone, hey, let everybody in because it's not. And we'll, we'll go more into details about 
what we think about illegal immigration and our thoughts and share some personal stories and experiences and hopefully make people help people understand that it's not so black and white and that no. things are, things can be looked at on a case by case basis for people to understand because like Ray said in the long run we need a solution in yeah. the long run we need a solution and the only way we can come to a good solution is if we have more conversation we share more experiences and we agree to be understanding yeah. and to come up with a solution that hurts as few people as possible. Yeah, of course. Because we don't want to continue to separate children from their parents. Yeah. We don't want to continue to single out certain ethnic groups yep. and label them as bad. We want to be an example for the rest of the world. Exactly. That is what this country has been for the majority of its, ex- its existence. That is what it needs to continue to That's be. what makes us great, man. And I think also we need to you know, kind of touch base and maybe in the next part is that not all illegal immigrants are trying to do it the right way either. No, so they're it's not. It's not just one no, side way. Even no. if we come up with some creative solution, some people are okay with being illegal for the rest of their lives in this country. Right. And guess what? If I've spent all my life trying to come up with a creative solution for you and then you still don't want to do it, you're leaving me with no, not really well, any good choice, options. Yeah, yeah so. like I said, no, absolutely. There's, there's, there's more than two. There's more than two sides to this. Yeah, right. And that, I think that's what we're trying to prove. And we'll, we'll go more into detail, but I definitely agree there. There are cases when you can be empathetic, and there are cases when you have to lay the law down. Yeah, and and that's just how it is. So yep. again, it isn't so black and white. And we're going to continue this this discussion in part two. So guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Um, as always, rate, review, and subscribe. Again, we want to hear back from you guys. Listen. Uh, we want to listen to what you guys have to say, to any suggestions you may have. We want to continue to make this podcast better. Um, so rate, review, and subscribe. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're everywhere. You can basically have a podcast. I think the, the only place I'm not sure that our host is sending us to is CastBox, but we'll double-check that. Yeah, CastBox. In case you use CastBox. <laughs> okay. Um, but hey, you know, again, check us out on all those platforms, rate, review, and subscribe. And also follow us on Instagram at one out of ten would recommend. That's at one out of ten would recommend on Instagram, guys. Send us some messages. We'll try to post more on there and keep you guys in a loop. You know, poll, see what you guys want to hear. And uh, also, if you want to send an email to us, direct questions, uh, we are one out of ten would wreck at gmail.com. That's one out of ten would wreck at gmail.com. Um, so again, suggestions, questions, comments, let us know what you're thinking and we would love to hear it. We, we want to keep improving this podcast and create content that you want to listen to. So now tune uh, in for, and, and uh, maybe if I wrap it up here, I never do these wrap up things. Uh-oh, so uh-oh, I kind of want to do it myself. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Yeah. So tune in for part two of our discussion on immigration, both our personal and factual information and experiences. That's, that's all I got. That's all I got. Peace out, Girl Scouts. <laughs>